Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard Podcast. Wherever and whenever you're listening, we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus, head to coventryvineyard.org. So when I was a child, um, I really wanted to see more of the Holy Spirit stuff happen. And I remember I would pray regularly and I would cry and I'd say, God, I want to see more healing. I want to see more people freed from demonic oppression. I want to see more people raised from the dead. I want to walk on water. Not walked on water yet. Um, I haven't seen anyone raised from the dead yet. But some of those other things I've actually seen happen. And I think God loves it when we call out to him, when we really press as a church into these different things. So this morning, I've got the fun of talking to you about healing. So get ready, everyone. We're going to have a bit of a roller coaster. So have any of you ever been in pain or sickness? Have any of you got, for example, hay fever? I know there's somebody said it's like a pollen bomb at the moment. Or maybe you've broken a bone, you sprained an ankle, uh, you've been really ill. You know those flus when you just feel like you could not do a single thing, you lose days of your life. Does anyone ever recognize, or maybe you're feeling, maybe not that flu, hopefully, because we may not want that one, thank you. But maybe you're feeling poorly or sick right now. Maybe there's some something that is some sort of pain that you have, maybe you're struggling in some way or other. And this morning, we're going to be talking about that sort of thing. Have you ever felt like this? We're going to be talking about healing. I can't do this without my glasses. You know, it's just shocking, isn't it? The thing about healing is it excludes you. Uh, Not healing, sorry, about sickness. When you're in pain, it sort of takes over your thinking, doesn't it? It exhausts you. It means that you can't relate to people in quite the same way. You just feel a little bit isolated. And there are all sorts of pain that we can face. I'm sorry, this is a very small slide. We've got spiritual pain where we feel that sin, shame, like we were talking about this morning, that lost son who walked away from his father. Um, He felt a pain, a distance from his father. And sometimes we can feel that pain when we're distant from God. You can have some of the big words. We've got psycho-emotional. So that pain where you might have poor self-image, you've got past hurts and traumas. Captivity to evil powers. Jesus said, sent us out to cast out evil spirits. We can be um, captive to those evil powers. We can be caught up with addictions and compulsions and things like that. Or we could have physical pain. We could have actual pain in our body where we can't do something or where we're imprisoned by actual physical pain that we're feeling right now. We can have relational pain where we're not able to relate to other people. We may have had abuse or there's unforgiveness, or right at the end, death and dying. We all have to face that. This is a world that's broken, and we do have to face growing old, our mortality, and dying. But the thing is, with all of this, with all of this pain, God is aware of that. And he knows what we feel like. He knows that when we're in pain, we see that pain and we want it to be gone. He knows that if I look at someone else and I see them in pain, I want them to be better. I want them to be healed. And 
God feels the same. And that's what I love. I love that song, Adore Him, that we sang right at the end. Because that's one of the things I absolutely adore, as well as the fact that Jesus gave his lives for us. He gave his life for us. He also came and healed people. He loves to have people come around him and to make them well again. See, God doesn't look at our pain and go, oh, you know, that's okay, you can get on with it, this is important for you to develop character. Yes, we do develop character through pain, through that brokenness, but actually, God wants that pain to be gone. And that other bit which we sang today, there's no lie he won't break down, he won't tear down, there's no wall he won't break down. And I really felt like today, God was saying, this is a lie that sometimes we're told that, you know, God's given you something to just make your character a bit better that actually shouldn't be healed. I think that's a lie. I'm just going to state that. Come and talk to me afterwards. I really believe from reading the Gospels, and this is just for a few passages, that actually Jesus came representing God to say, pain sickness and disease is not of God it's not what he wants and he wants to make it right as you can see right at the end Jesus here Matthew 14 14 he was mourning his cousin his cousin had just been imprisoned and beheaded he'd heard about it he wanted to go away he wanted to go away with his friends and take some time and say I just need to process this he went away, but then he saw huge crowds who were desperate for healing. And he saw them, and he had compassion on them. His heart was moved. He was like, I've got to do something about this. And that's how we feel when we see other people in pain. We want to do something. But the thing is, what Jesus did, he healed their sick. And there's so many passages I can show you where it says, people brought all their sick and he healed them all. It's not like he didn't go, oh, well, you know, well, Joy, I'll heal you because you're okay. And Chris, I'll heal you. But Nadine, no, you need to grow a bit through this. So I'm just going to leave you. He said, no, I'm going to heal the sick. He healed everybody. And I think what I'd really like you to hear this morning is God loves to heal. Okay? However, we will be talking a little bit more about that in a minute. So God feels the same. He loves to heal us, heal us. Jesus loves to bring relief to our pain. He also trained up his followers to do the same. So there's all through the Gospels. We've got um, Matthew 10, verse 1. Jesus called his followers together. He gave them authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons. And he said, right, Go and do it. It can't be just me. I've got to get more people doing it. So that's what he did then. And then in Luke 10, he goes, ah, you know what? 12 people isn't enough. I'm going to get 72 people. Look, you 12 have started doing it. They've all seen how it goes. We're going to get 72. We're going to get them and get them to start doing it. Fantastic. That's great. Okay. Got 72. This is good. But actually, even 72 people isn't going to be enough. We need to keep doing it. So right at the end of Matthew, Jesus said, actually, 72 isn't enough. I'm going to get all my followers. Anyone who says they follow me, I'm going to send them out. 
So as we see here, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I've been given some authority, a little bit of authority. No, I've been given all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. That's an awful lot of authority, everybody. Just going to say that. All authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, this is to his followers. This is to all of us as his followers. Jesus has been given all the authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Now, all of those commands include healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the kingdom of God. That includes healing the sick. So all of us are commanded to heal the sick and to teach others to do it. So I'm going to do that with you today. And be sure of this. We don't just get told to do it. We're given the authority, and it says, I am with you, even to the end of the age. So when we go out and do this stuff, we know that Jesus is with us. So he's given us those commands. He's given us the authority to heal the sick. So what are we going to do with that? How are we going to do that? What does that look like? Well, let's just do a little bit of a summary so far. So, so far we've said that pain and illness affects us and others. We all get it. We understand that. God wants people to be free from this pain and illness. And God commands us and gives us authority to heal the sick. He also sends his Holy Spirit to help us. He said he will be with us and he equips us to bring wholeness to the world. So how are we going to do that? And what does that look like? How are we going to stand in the authority that Jesus has given us and obey that command he tells us to go and heal the sick? So this morning we're going to have some practical tips. And we're going to start off having a look in John chapter 5. So if you've got Bible with you, you might want to turn to John chapter 5. We're going to look at one of the many, many, many examples where Jesus heals someone who is sick. So we're starting, we're actually starting in verse 2. So John chapter 5, that's like near the end of the Bible, in verse 2. It says, Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he'd been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? So the thing about Jesus here, wherever Jesus is through the Gospels, whatever he's doing, if he sees sick people who want to get better, if he sees anything there, he goes, would you like to get well? Or he just goes and heals them. That's a whole other thing. But he stops what he's doing. And the thing is, sometimes I know that I'm not very good at this. I do love to see people healed, 
But sometimes I get so caught up with what I'm doing, with my own worries, with my own cares of the world. And they're often very reasonable worries. They're often very reasonable things that might get in the way. But I get caught up with those things and I don't notice people. I don't see people like Jesus saw people. And the thing about Jesus is because he saw people for who they were, that's why crowds came to him. Because they saw that he recognized them for who they were. So often we want to be seen in this world. He saw the man and then talked to him. So the first thing I would say, when we go out, when we want to see and obey Jesus' command and see healing, first thing, ask God for eyes to see those people. You know what? When you start thinking, I'm going to go and pray for people, you notice there's an awful lot more ill people around in this world than you think there are. Whether they're hobbling or whether you talk to them and they tell you something that's wrong, you start to see people. And that's the second thing. You start to talk to people. He talked to the man and said, would you like to get well? So first couple of things, important. We see people and we start talking to them. So we're going to look at something called a five-step model for healing. It's quite useful. We're going to go through a few of these steps. Good news, we've already talked about a couple of them. We see the person and then we offer. Now, this is quite an interesting one because this is the bit that starts feeling scary. You see the person and I've done, you know, I've done quite a few bits where I've offered to pray for people. And can I tell you, every single time, it's the most scary thing I think I've ever done. And I've given birth to three children. So, you know, just going to say that. So offer to talk to them. You know, start talking to them. And then say, what would you like? Now, sometimes if someone's very ill, they may not say, I'd like healing for this. They might say, I'd like something else. Listen to them. Respect them as people. Offer healing. And then the next bit is to pray. So... We've got a story. I'm going to just tell you a little bit of the story. I was walking along a path one time. It was a hot, sunny day, and there was a very grumpy-looking man sitting actually on the floor. And uh, I, walked, I walked up to him, and I was like, I don't want to talk to this man. He looks really grumpy. But I really felt like God said, this is really important. You need to talk to him. It's like, yeah, but we have conversations like this, me and God. Yeah, but he looks really grumpy. He might shout at me. And uh, God was like, no, you've got to do it. Okay. So I went up to this guy and I said, hi, my name's Vicky. How are you? Well, I'm okay. I said, oh, you don't seem to be doing so well. You, you know, what's, what's wrong? And he goes, well, actually, his, both of his legs had been broken and he'd been to the hospital, and they tried to set them. It hadn't worked, and he was not going to be able to walk again. And I was like, oh. The problem is, that's one of those stories, isn't it? And it's like, oh, this is just like it talks about in the Gospels. That means I'm going to have to offer to pray for him. And I, I know, I should be sounding a lot more with it than that. But uh, it was like, and he's grumpy. And so I'd seen the person. I'd stopped. I'd listened to them. And I said, would you like your legs to be better? And he, I said, you know, would you like me to pray for you? And he goes, yes. I was like, oh, 
Because you know that thing when you're like, oh, I really hope they say no, but I really hope they say yes. But what will happen? And what will happen if they actually say yes? Because the thing is, sometimes when we're worried about praying for healing, when we're worried about doing this, sometimes we think, well, what if they do get healed? What do I do then? Or what if they don't get healed? Or what if they shout at me? And there are all these things, and I go through all of them all the time, I can tell you. So yes, grumpy man beside the road, Yes, I'd like prayer. So, I will finish that story later. But Jesus was much more direct at the pool of Bethesda. He noticed the man, he stopped, he listened, he offered healing. He said, would you like to get well? The guy replied, I can't, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone always gets ahead of me. Now, often that's a clue. If you haven't got the clue of the fact the person is ill and said, yes, I'd like prayer. If somebody says, I'm desperate, or the hospital doesn't work, or the doctors can't fix it, that, for me, is a big flag to say, this person really needs prayer. They need healing. Okay, so this guy had no chance. He'd been ill for so long, and he couldn't do anything about it. He tried everything. So what did Jesus do? He said, stand up pick up your mat and walk. Have you noticed here, he didn't say, well, I'm going to go away, I'm going to pray in my room and, you know, let me know if it gets better. And he didn't go, right, okay, I'm going to pray a nice long prayer and hope that sometime in that prayer that you might be feeling better or you might be so sick of me that you'll say that I'm well anyway. He's got really short prayers. This is one of his longest prayers. His shorter prayers are things like, be healed, get up. You know, he's got quite a long prayer there. And I love this because I'm not really very good at very long prayers. I think if we can pray for less than 20 seconds, it puts all the onus on God, doesn't it? So our best prayers are usually the shortest because it just focuses on God. It doesn't focus on how good we are at praying. Just a heads up with that one. So it is okay to pray for people at home. It's okay to offer that, but my view is when you do that, you miss out. You miss out on seeing what God can do on that roller coaster of, oh my goodness, what is going to happen now? So back to the five-step healing model. We've, got, we've seen the grumpy man. We've offered to pray for him, and then I actually had to do something. I was like, okay, he said yes, I want some prayer. So I said... Jesus, thank you for healing power. I can't do really short prayers because like, it's a bit too scary at that point. I said, thank you for healing power. I speak to these legs now in Jesus' name. Legs be healed. So that was a little bit longer. Okay, I love to focus on Jesus. I think that's really important. I love to focus on the fact that he gives me the healing power. But when we speak healing, we stand in that authority that Jesus mentioned at the end of Matthew, all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has given us that authority. He's commanded us to go and heal the sick. So therefore, we stand in that authority and we speak to the person's body. That person's body was created by God. We speak to that body. We say, be healed. And just as a heads up, 
keep your eyes open if you can. Now, the amount of people who don't know when you're praying for them, if they're outside the church, that they should shut their eyes when you're praying for them. And they stand and they stare at you as you try and pray for them. At that point, I shut my eyes briefly because it's like this is really freaky. But if you can keep your eyes open, you can see what God is doing. And you can sometimes see God's presence on someone. And if you're not sure what that looks like, just ask because we're very happy to share about it. It also helps you just, you know, if God puts something on that person, helps you just to see what that looks like. So I'd prayed. And then what happened? Well, the guy didn't get healed. The guy, he tried to move his legs and I, if any of you are squeamish, I apologize right now. He tried to move his legs and you could hear the sound of the bone on the bone moving. It was not a healthy feeling. And you know what? That's such a hard thing to have happen. You know, I've had it happen so many times. I've prayed for people. I've seen people get more ill. I've seen people die. I've seen all sorts of things happen. I've also seen people healed. I've got some all sorts of stories of where God's done something. But I can promise you, if you step out in this, you will see people get more ill. Okay. Does that mean that God doesn't want those people to get healed? No. I don't think that's the case. Not from reading the Gospels. Not from reading what Jesus did. So what's going on there? Well, a long time ago, in the Second World War, there was something called D-Day. And this is one of the photos from it. And it actually happened back in June uh, 1944. And on that day, the Allied forces landed in Normandy. And it was generally recognized at that point that the Allied forces had won the war. It was recognized on both sides. But between D-Day and V-Day, many Days, months, weeks later, some of the hardest battles were fought. Many people were sick. Many people died. Many battles were fought. Some battles were lost by the Allies. Some battles were won. So, Jesus dying and rising was God's D-Day. Jesus won. Jesus won the battle over Satan. However, we're still not at that VE day. We're not at that point where the enemy has said, okay, yeah, we've stopped. We stopped the fighting. You've won. We're still in some of the hardest battles. And the thing is, we call it the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We pray for healing. We expect healing, but we're still in a battle. I'm not always very good at it, sometimes my fault, but sometimes because we're in a battle, we don't always win. So I pray, I expect healing, I step into God's authority, but I know that sometimes we don't always get there. And actually, I would say probably about half the time, I don't always get there. And it's hard. It's hard to do something and feel like you've made a mistake, feel like you failed. But I would encourage you, church, imagine if even one in 10 people was healed. Imagine if two in 10 people were healed, that difference it makes for those people. That difference it makes where they can start to just interact with the world again. 
So that man, he wasn't healed. His legs were still sore. He still couldn't walk. But here we talk about number four, assess what's happening. Assess what's happening. How was it compared to what it was before? If zero is no pain, 10 is the pain that it is at the moment. Is it better, worse? What number would you give it? Now that guy, there wasn't even any point in asking that question. I could hear that he couldn't move. So the other important thing it says in number four is repeat step three as needed. So I said to him, would you like me to pray again? And it was about like that because I wasn't fully ready to pray. And he goes, yeah, okay. So I prayed again. I said, Jesus, thank you for healing power. Speak to these legs. Be healed in Jesus' name. And then this guy started to stand up. And honestly, I can tell you, I was so scared because having done nursing, having done orthopedic nursing, I was just worried it was going to do him even more damage. He was going to crumple on the floor. He stood up with a bit of help from us and gave us a massive grin. And I was like, I, I was very tempted to say, just stop, don't get up. But, uh, you know, that much faith is how much I had. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what, what, what's going on? I, you know, that's how much faith I had. And then we go on to number five, okay? So this guy stood up, really didn't know what was going on because I wasn't expecting it fully. We follow up, okay? So for this guy, I said, okay, so tell me what's going on. He goes, my legs are healed, I was like, really? <laughs> because obviously I have, you know, lots of faith. I said, okay, well, you know what? Jesus has just healed your legs. Would you like him to heal the rest of your life right now? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, would you like to follow Jesus? And he goes, yeah, that'd be great. I said, okay, fantastic. Now, the thing is, sometimes I forget. I forget lots of these bits. But this is really important. Whoever you pray for, and I'd really like for all of you to go away and say, I'm going to listen to someone today, I'm gonna, this week. I'm going to stop. I'm going to listen. I'm going to pray. Whoever you pray for, whatever happens, whether they're healed, whether they're not healed, that they go away feeling more loved, more listened to, and more loved by Jesus as a result of it, and that you always point them to Jesus. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.